right, welcome back to another installment of the podcast. I'm your host, Erica, and this is the podcast where I talk about things that I care about. Um, If you're new here, I am a clinical psychology PhD student at West Virginia University, where I study depression and suicide in late life, um, and all things mental health and aging. Now, in the studio with me tonight is someone super fun. This is my boyfriend, Michael. We've been dating for the past five and a half years, and I wanted to bring him in for this t- this conversation about ageism in the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, again, I'm coming from a place where I'm really interested in gerontology, geropsychology, older adults and aging, all the things. And I thought it'd be fun to have Mike here because his experience is a little different. Mike, can you say hey to the audience? Hey. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me on tonight. Um, yeah, my name is Mike Ribibero. I am 26 years old. I grew up in just outside of Pittsburgh in Swickley, PA. Um, yeah, I, um, I, right now I work in the accounting industry. Um, I work for a private company. And yeah, accounting is what I do. (laughs) (laughs) So basically somewhat of an opposite to what I do, which makes our lives pretty interesting. Um, When COVID-19 hit, and and to preface, I wrote a little blog post about ageism and, and this whole topic. But when I think about the time in which we first got notice that this was serious and it was going to be a lockdown and we didn't know what was going to happen. What do you remember about that time last March? Well, I remember it kind of just really just came up on us like very quickly. You never really think that it's going to be like a pandemic would happen in this day and age. Mm -hmm. But like when it first happened, it was, I just remember like immediate shutdowns, panic, people buying Oh yeah. Uh, groceries, toilet paper, milk, bread, like all the necessities. So that's what I mainly mm. um remember. I remember like just watching the TV like all yeah, the time. Yeah, and not really knowing um and it sort of felt like this ominous like are we if we go outside and walk near people are we going to get it like what's going on and and what we saw on TV was like sad. It was just hospitals beds, ambulances, people on ventilators, like, intense. Mm-hmm. And, like, you, we didn't really know the severity of it. Mm-hmm. We didn't know how severe it was going to be, if it was going to kill everybody yeah. that it got into. And right. there was just so much uncertainty, like anything, like any event. Totally. And I think, um, and one of the things I note in my little blog is the idea or like the assumption was that okay who's vulnerable to this well we're pretty healthy we're both 26 years old we're young we haven't had too many problems we're probably gonna be fine Mm -hmm. whereas in this other camp we would we kind of saw like okay if you're older than 65 if you have an underlying health condition if you live in a nursing home those are the vulnerable people and they need help and they're sick exactly like that was i think like an overall sort of idea that everyone had Mm mm-hmm and it placed older adults in sort of like this category of like vulnerability and like dependency, which isn't far from reality, I guess, because in some ways they were at more and are at more risk. 
But I think uh, it, it's telling as far as the way I've seen people perceiving older adults during this time. Mm-hmm. And being worried. I mean, I think, again, it's that's good probably to be more safe than not. But um, what are you familiar with when it comes to ageism? Well, <clears throat> I'd say within within my family and at work, I would say those are probably the two um, biggest places. Um, I have a 92-year-old grandmother that, well, I don't live at home anymore, but when I did, she lived with us, <clears throat> lives with us. She's still, she's still alive. Yeah, she's still at home. Um, but I noticed that my parents and my, they also take care of my grandpa who lived up the street as well. So my parents would become like very stressed and they'd get very frustrated with like little things that they do. And I wouldn't say that's necessarily ageism, but like just kind of growing up with that idea that like they need a lot of help. Yeah. Um, well, and I think, too, the way that we interact with your grandparents can sometimes be ageist. Not yes. that we mean to be, but I know, as someone who cares about this deeply, I get into a, a habit when I'm around Grandma Ward, Mike's, mm-hmm. Mike's grandma on his mom's side. She's in her 90s. And when I see her, she's so tiny. She's just a frail person. I mean, that's just objectively true. And when I see her, I just want to, like be so careful and I'm like hi Mm -hmm. and I want to talk in a certain way and it's not coming from a place of anything ill-willed but it's sort of like this very natural do you find that you're in that kind of groove as well where you're like oh hi (laughs) yeah yeah because like they she definitely it's hard to get words out of her so like if you're in a hurry and you're trying to get out of the house (laughs) she'll want to sit and talk to you and it makes you feel so bad to be like, I'm sorry, grandma, I have to go. And yeah. she didn't really get out what she was trying to say. Yeah. And then you kind of have to like, you just kind of have to sit with that guilt. But then again, <laughs> you can't be late all the time, you know? Right. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, it's not necessarily damaging because mm-hmm. at least from what we've seen with her and what your mom has said, she doesn't feel any type of way she feels loved supported she's living her best life at your parents house oh yeah um but that's a really good and clear example of times where we can engage in compassionate aging Mm -hmm. where we sort of like baby older adults or see them um we see them in a warm light but we also you know research suggests not that we're going to get into the nitty-gritty empiricism of it all but research suggests that we view older people as being high in warmth low in competence And so Mm -hmm. that can sort of allow us, even if it's implicit, to treat older adults in a certain way. Not always damaging, sometimes damaging, right? Um, The more explicit um, forms of ageism can sort of weave their way into policy, into age discrimination in the workplace. Um, This assignment that we're engaging in now for Kevin's class, uh, he brought up in West Virginia that police are at least i think um police are have to retire at age 57 like they're mandated to like oh wow that's really young if that's true which i think it is um and so what does that say about what we as a society or group or community think about people as they age that all of a sudden 
they're less able. Sure, there's things that happen that can happen at any time in life, but in older age, you're more at risk for health conditions and Mm -hmm. functional impairment and those types of things that could impede your ability to do things that you used to. But generally speaking, that's not like across the board guarantee. So why do we do this? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, an example like that, when it comes from the top, like a government organization mandating that, it kind of does really set a standard and set an example for like, oh, these people older than 57 can't be trusted in this Mm -hmm. job and can't be so what else your mind kind of swirls and says like what else are they not to be trusted with or competently um, engage in totally yeah oh no that's such a good point because think about like that's a message that's being sent like you said from the top quote Mm -hmm. unquote and a lot of ageism any ism it's we're taught it in a lot of ways. It's socialized. It's sold to us. Ageism is totally sold to us. The idea about growing old is negative. Think about cosmetics, beauty industry, other industries that support kind of keeping your skin looking young or being able to do things that maybe you couldn't, whatever it is. We're sold the idea that like you, you don't want wrinkles. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Heaven forbid you have wrinkles. Like, it's wild and it's so ingrained in the culture. Um, and like you said, who can be, how could you be trusted once you hit a certain age? And it's wild because that's so, um, 57 is pretty young. Very young. Very young. <laughs> but what changes so vastly for someone who's 60, 70, 80 that we decide, and, and you know, it's it's a complex issue, but I think... It's important to mull over because we will all eventually, hopefully, God willing, we live long enough. We Mm -hmm. all join that group. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's a group that we other when we will become and be a part of it. And people we love will be a part of that group. Mm -hmm. Why do we? I I don't know why we do it. Yeah, that's another great question. We're socialized and I think we're scared. And I think the push, kind of the push for that age limit is organizations kind of want to push for change Mm. and they kind of view older adults as not wanting to change even though that's often not the case yeah i'm sure it's there's probably no evidence to back that up but it's kind of like it's set in our minds that that is going to be a wall blocking change you know you got to get rid of the older people and not mm. necessarily all older people but like that's a pretty crude like yeah. assumption, but it kind of does happen. And you'll see it I you see it at work, you see it really with leadership. Anything. And I think to connect it back to COVID, when we think about that response, when COVID first hit, what did we see? We saw people our age and maybe even a little older or younger saying, like, well, I'm young and healthy. Like I'll be fine. And I specifically remember seeing people post or insinuate that well, older people, they're close to dying anyway. Mm-hmm. Just let nature take its course. I saw, like, grown adults posting that on Facebook. People my parents' age. Um, which is harsh and despicable. But what does that reflect as a society that we... And I, and I guess, you know, we could get into the weeds of, like, culture. Like, individualist or collectivist. But genuinely... 
the sentiment in the United States is so individualistic and like figure it out for yourself, which makes it interesting that your parents have taken on Mm -hmm. their parents care. Yeah. That's not always the case, but I think it's becoming more common. Um, and like the sentiment of like people like to live their lives or like tell themselves that like survival of the fittest, like you have to be strong. Like I'm strong. I can survive. So like, yeah, that's dangerous because it doesn't really in the face of a global pandemic pandemic. (laughs) yeah it doesn't matter how much you believe in yourself (laughs) yeah you could believe in yourself a lot but uh disease could just kill you doesn't discriminate Yeah, yeah exactly some people may be more vulnerable and yeah the conversation could continue but i think it's this is a great start to considering um how we view people at different stages of their lives and particularly those who are you know what we deem older and how we sort of engage with the world around us being mm-hmm. more aware of it so whether that's calling it out if you hear or see ageist sentiments or even in yourself i know for me it's a constant reflection even though i'm in this work i love older adults this is my area i have to watch myself too and i think i would challenge you like in your job or in your day to day just sort of keeping that in mind um Especially when we're all in this very stressful, mm-hmm. new, unknown. Just being careful and considerate. Yeah. I think that's always a good practice to have. Just in general, too. Totally. Yeah. What do you think of this podcast? you think it's going to go viral? Oh, yeah. 100%? It'll be number one charts tomorrow. <laughs> well, um, thank you all for listening to our little spiel about ageism and the COVID-19 pandemic. We hope that you'll... Have maybe your own open conversation with someone in your life. Um, Mm -hmm. We are signing off and we'll see you next week. See you.